thirsty, aren't you? Every day we can walk in miracles because of what Jesus has done for us.
to the King of Kings. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise this morning. He is worthy. He is worthy. As Brother Rick comes to bring the word to us this morning. Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you. My wife Cindy and I are so glad to be here with you this morning. But we're so glad that the Spirit of God is here. This fellowship, we talked about this in Sunday school this morning. The fellowship between one another and with God is here this morning. And it's just amazing that uh, how God works things out. I, I came up and they were singing a song and I thought, oh, that's a great song that's going to go right along with what we've got to talk about today. And then in our Sunday school class, I said, oh, that's good. Sister Nagel's preaching my message this morning. So we'll, we'll go forward with that. But God is good in all that he does. He is good in what he does and when he does it. And the message this morning I'd like to talk about is the title of it's little more than stones. And um, God is is working with us and it helps me to have have a topic so that I can try to stay on topic a little but then sometimes I wander off so just and I like I said if if the food gets too strong then we'll kind of see where we're at what's going on but more than stones that we all like to hear a good story of where the hero and possibly the underdog comes in and wins the victory, wins the battle, defeats the bad guy, and uh, triumphs over the situation. And a lot of things that we hear in the Bible, there's a lot of stories where that has happened, and we enjoy listening to them. The three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, Daniel in the lion's den, Moses parting the sea, Peter raising the girl from the dead, Paul casting out the devils, and David and Goliath. All those stories where we focus at the end and say, man, that is great. I wish I could be part of that. I want to do that. But we have a tendency to focus on the outcome of those stories and the situations and pay just a little, not very much attention to what the hero or heroes were doing before this situation, before this story took place that we like to read about. You know, it, it's that what they did before they went into this conflict. And to be honest with you, it's not the furnace that was, that was great and wonderful. It wasn't the den or the lions. It was not the staff that Moses had. It's not the words or how things were done. It was not David's sling or the stones that, that produced the victory. But it was the relationship they had with God before they stepped into that situation. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. It's, it's more than what we have. It's our relationship with the Almighty God that is going to help us and bring us through to that point that wherever we're facing a trial, whenever we're facing a problem, that we will be ready because God is there and we've already made our preparation the way David and everybody else did. And if we desire to see triumphs in our life like these, it's our relationship with God that's going to bring them to reality. That's what's going to come. When it comes down to brass tacks, that's what's going to be there to help us. And looking closer at David's story, it was not the sling or the stone, but it is his relationship he had before he walked out on that battlefield. He had the confidence knowing that he could, that God was going to be with him from what he faced before he walked out there. David did not fear the giant, but he did not rely on his own skills either, the sling and the stone. But he knew from experiences in his relationship that God is true, God is a protector, that God is with him, and that he trusts that God and God alone will be the one that delivers him out of all that is coming before him, not his skills. In the one who gives him the ability to work the sling and direct the stones, that's who his confidence was in, because that's the God that he knew from time before and moving on. David's relationship did not begin with the battle. It began before the battle, before the lion and the bear. And God saw David's heart. Before any of this transpired, David had a heart 
for God in what he was doing. And God sees our inner man. God sees what our inner inner desires are. Do we desire to follow him? Do we desire to please him? David had this desire in his soul that he wanted to be pleasing to God and do what made God happy. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 12 and 13, and here that Samuel went out to Jesse's house and he said, bring me your boys. It's, it's time to anoint a king that God has brought me here and one of your boys is going to be anointed king. So Jesse brought all his sons and then passed before Samuel and nothing, God did not tap Samuel and acknowledge this. Any of them have passed by him yet, the one that God wanted. And so we're picking it up here that that they found out David was out in the in the field. And so 1 Samuel 12, 16, or 1 Samuel 16, 12 and 13 says, And he sent and brought him in, speaking of of David. Now he was ruddy and with a uh, with all of a beautiful countenance and godly t- to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So here we see that we now have this, this little kid coming in, ruddy, all the, you know, the rosy face, rosy cheeks, pretty good looking kid come walking through. And God spoke to Samuel and said, this is the one that is the, to be king. Anoint him, rise up and anoint him. And Samuel anointed David. And here's something to understand is that he was anointed to be king even though he did not take the place of the king at that time. There was an anointing upon him that helped him grow deeper in his relationship with God to face the things that are about he's about to face. That that anointing, the Spirit of God was upon him. And in your life, there is an anointing that God wants to place on you so that when things come in your life, that you have that Spirit come upon you and you are ready to do battle. You're ready to move forward. You're are ready to learn more of God and strengthen that relationship that you have in your life so that you can be a blessing and be pleasing unto God. And that's what David is here, that uh, God desires fellowship. He wants to spend time with us. He sent his spirit to be upon David to grow and to nurture that relationship it does, and things like offerings don't matter, sacrifices, or even if you're just a great-looking person. The outward does not matter to God because these people looked on David and said, This is a, a little kid. What are you going to do with this guy? And God said, Oh, but I have plans for him. And when God looks at you, he says, Oh, but I have plans for you, and it's there for you. He found this fellowship with David, and David grew this relationship with God. In Hebrew, the name David means beloved. And David is the only person in the Bible who is referred to as a man after God's own heart. That he had a heart that was different than everybody else. It was motivated by different things than everybody else. He sought God. He wanted to do what God, what pleased God. In 1 Samuel 13 and 14, it says, But now thy kingdom shall not come. He's, he's talking to Saul here. Um, Saul did things. He offered a sacrifice which was not his place to do. That was the priest's job to offer a sacrifice unto God and, and have it acceptable unto him because they were about getting ready to go out to battle. The enemy was just on their doorstep and Saul did not see any, any priests. Samuel didn't come to offer the, the sacrifices. So Saul took it upon himself. Well, I don't want to have to fight these guys without the sacrifice being made. But that's not the way God intended it for it to be. God intended for the the order to be that Samuel was to give that sacrifice. And so now here's the consequences of what God's judgment is upon Saul. It says, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. That was David's heart, is to keep that which David, which God commanded him to do. And, uh, and so that is, the, that is the reason that David was put in there, and his heart made a difference. Acts 13 and 22 says, And when he had removed him, 
He raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Can you imagine having a relationship so close to God that God said, there is a man or a woman after my own heart. They desire the same things I desire. They seek the things which I seek. They want to please me in every aspect of their life. They want their heart to be in unison with mine. And how wonderful could that be when God says, there's the person that God is. Why was David referred to in this manner? David had an absolute faith in God, a confidence that God's grace will carry him through any situation he faced. He he was not concerned about what he faced. This leads us to the story that we could probably tell in great detail of David and Goliath. But David was not a battle-tested warrior like his brothers were. If common sense were to do it, David would still be back keeping the sheep or, or running to the grocery line back and forth to bring food out. Because this was not something that looked reasonable to the common man. He was the one tending the sheep. This may seem in in our eyes and maybe in his brother's eyes that David's job in tending the sheep was in an inconsequential position. He He was filling a space. Somebody had to do it, so he was doing it. But however, he still had his responsibilities and the dangers that he faced. There is no position that God has called you to, that God has placed you in, that, has, that is insignificant. There is a reason for it, there is a purpose for it, and that God will help you fulfill your responsibilities to the utmost if your heart is honest with Him and that you seek to please Him in whatever position that is. That when David came in to the, to the group of the soldiers, he told about what God's deliverance from the bear and from the lion. This did not, and, and this, is, this is something that as I was reading this, it kind of caught me and really stuck in my head. Is that as David testified of how good God is and how he delivered the lion and the bear into him, this did not inspire the army to put on their armor and run down and start battling Goliath and the Philistines. They stood there. And a few of them, they heard this testimony, and a few of them went and talked to the king about this. They said, King, there's a guy that is testifying of how good God is and how God delivered these, this lion and this bear from him. And here's the thing. There are times when God's grace working in our life is to deepen our relationship with him and to prepare us for the battles to come. He focuses on us. Our testimony is great and wonderful when, when the victories come or what God has done. But many times God works his grace through us that we are strong enough to face what comes this afternoon, to face what comes this evening or tomorrow. God is there and inspires us to move on. This is where David killed a lion and a bear defending his father's sheep. David ran after the lion. If, if you'll read that story a little bit closer, that the lion and the bear came and grabbed a, grabbed a lamb, and David went out after them. He didn't go, oh, man, there goes two more. I guess we're just going to have to watch a little bit closer. But David went out, and he went after the bear and after the lion, and he fought them. He smote them. There was a battle between him and the lion and him and the bear, and David won. And here's, here's the thing, that how do you fight a lion and a bear? I mean, those things, they are strong and powerful things. Probably more powerful than just a normal man. But how did David have the strength to fight these things? God's grace and spirit was upon him. He did that which was right. He was looking after and going after what God had put in his charge and what was rightfully his. And he went out and he slew that lion and he slew that bear because God's grace held him up. When his physical strength was weak, God strengthened him to do the battle and to come out victoriously in that battle and not not lose and not stand back and just be surprised at how the outcome is because David went out there with a determined heart. When the lion and the bear come to our lives by surprise, go after them in the grace of God to fight for what is yours. Whether it's family, whatever it may be, God is with you. Have his anointing upon you, but we need to have that relationship with God that we would have the strength and anointing to go out and do the battle and work. 
And for God will fight for what is yours. And when the battle goes on and your strength is gone and you feel so weak that his grace will hold your heart up and bring you victory. David testifies to the soldiers and the king of the grace and power that God has delivered the lion and the bear into his hands. 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 37. It says, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And when I went after him I, and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth, and when he rose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivereth me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And what could the king say? But David, go and the Lord be with you. (laughs) He's just like, okay, well, your testimony, I've seen how God works in your life. Go and take care of business the way God would have you to do it. And here's, here's another point in, in David's life and is very relevant in our lives. That David did not use these, these situations of the lion and the bear coming into his, his flock and taking them. He did not explain why he was traumatized, why he was depressed why he was filled with anxiety about going back out into the field that next time. But David pushed his way to the front of the soldiers soldiers, and used these experiences to make the case of why he needed to be the one go out and to fight Goliath. He didn't say, man, I, I went out there and I fought a bear and a lion and I'm just, I can't do it anymore. What if I go out there and there's something else? He, he did not let the fear of what could happen uh, put him out there and just cause him to freeze and, and, and just not fulfill what God would have him to do. But he pushed his way to the front of the crowd of soldiers and said, I know that God has already delivered me from these and he will deliver this not for my glory, but for God's glory because God is the one this giant, this Goliath is defiling. I am just going to be the tool. I'm going to be the sling. I'm going to be the stone that God directs to take out this guy. And so in in David's explanation of how God's grace delivered him from the lion and the bear carried over to his faith in him facing Goliath with no variance. God does not see levels of problems. A problem is a problem to God. There is no, wow, we're going to have to think on this one for a little bit or we can just push right through this one. But God is saying, I have all things in my control. And if we could see through God's eyes, regardless of what it was, regardless of what it is, whether it's a cold, whether it's a severe illness, whatever it may be in life, God sees them the same. There is no variance. God's grace and power is the same against every foe. There is no difference on that. A lion, a bear, a giant. God's grace is sufficient. We just need to have that relationship to where we are at with God to allow that grace to move through us and the power that he wants to move through us to be in that right place at the right time as close to God as we can get. David's faith was in the Lord and he knew from experience God is faithful. There was no doubt in his mind that when he went out on that battlefield that he was going to win. He may not have known how. But he had the faith that he was standing in the power and strength of God and he was going to be winner when he walked away from that battleground. David's faith came from his experience of God's grace and mercy in his life up to that point. And you folks here, we've all had a lot of experiences, good experiences and bad experiences. And we need to draw from those experiences Look back and see God's grace, how it has worked in our lives, how it has brought us closer to him in our relationship. What he has done in the past, he will do ahead. He will do for our future. He will give that message that I've done it before. I have not changed and we're going to do it the same way. It's going to be victorious. But there again, we need to have that relationship to where we are in that place with God that we can allow him to move through us and in us. God had delivered him out of dangerous situations in the past, proven his power and trustworthiness. David relied on him 
to deliver him from the Philistine. And here's, here's a saying I found. It says, the heart of a warrior beats with grace and perseverance. David's heart was beating with grace. He knew that God's favor was upon him through his anointing. And he was going to push through whatever anybody else said. Even though those soldiers told him to back away, get out of here, this is not for you. That God had an anointing on David's heart. And he pushed through the perseverance, came up, and he pushed through it. And God made a way that, that the victory came. David was not only faithful, but he was obedient, performed service and prayed. But the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. Can we stand, sit here today and say that God's favor is upon me? God's Spirit is upon me. Then that relationship, that speaks volumes of our relationship the answer to that question. David recognized that the power was not in his sling or in his stones, but the Lord of hosts is the one who gave him that power. Yes. Psalms 21 and 13, that if you have a moment, don't do it now, but if you'd like this afternoon or tonight, read Psalms 21. That is a, a psalm that God is praised, that David worships him and praises him. But read Psalm 21. We're going to read verse 13. It says, Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength, so we will sing and praise thy power. We are recognizing, God, that we are nothing with you. We have nothing that we have that is going to be able to overcome the foe. We cannot walk out on the battlefield of our own measure and of our own strength. But, God, it is you. It is your power. It is your glory. It is your anointing. It is your spirit that falls upon us that we have that ability to stand here and fight and take a stand for defending the power of God and where we go. And as Goliath defied the armies and seasoned warriors cowered, David, who had never been in a real battle, if as people would say, he hasn't fought anybody. He has fought to the death between a lion and a bear, and so which is more than probably what some of the soldiers have done. But he stepped forward with courage as a true warrior, as one who had fought to the death more than once. And he won. Why? David entered, or David had the perspective of an overcomer. Many times we can defeat ourselves before we even begin the fight. Because we do not believe that we can overcome a situation. Which we need to be careful, because that relationship with us and with God, that exudes confidence in what the Lord is and that we are an overcomer. David was prepared to go, prepared. He did not go into battle empty-handed expecting a miracle. He did not expect Goliath to be struck by lightning or something, die of a heart attack or anything like this. David was prepared when he stepped out on the battlefield. That many times God calls us in our relationship, we need to prepare ourselves for what God has, has set up, what God is, is shown us to be out there. You need to be prepared for things that God is working with you in your heart and in your mind and in your skills that you would be ready for when the enemy pops up that we would be able to fight him the way that God has, has given us the skill set to do that. And so... He did not go into battle expecting a miracle. He went in prepared for war, expecting to be used to bring a victory. Let's talk a minute for, about the stones that David gathered. And I've heard a lot of questions like, why did he gather five stones? Didn't he have confidence or faith that God would do it with one? Maybe he needed five. Maybe he needed it just kind of as a balance to move on through there. You know, as he's, as he's taken one, you know, it's so critical to have everything just right when you're slinging a rock. But let's talk about this in a little bit different of an aspect here. David gathered five smooth stones. And in the Hebrew culture, five represented grace. And so David took the five stones and put them in his pocket. And like I said, it, it reminded him of God's grace that has been with him throughout his life with all the victories that has come, it has come by God's grace that he had. And as David gathered the stones, I can imagine him remembering as he picked up the stones, he knew he was going to get five, as the goodness and grace of God that had delivered him in the past and that his confidence for the future was in that same grace 
that delivered him in the past. That very same grace that watched over him, that kept him going, that kept him motivated, that is the grace that is these stones are reminding him of. And he gathered these, that the stream that David gathered the stones from was the stream of Elon, or the stream of God, the river of God, in the valley of Elon, which is God. We need to take a trip to the river of God where the spirit flows and wade out into the waters and receive the grace that God has for us. Freely receive it. Collect the stones that remind us of the past, of God's wonderful grace that has brought us here. But more than that, have a reminder when things get going pretty rough, we put our hands in our little rock pack and we count five going, God's grace will carry me through. That that's what that was for. And can you imagine that? And as we gather the stones of grace to remind us how that grace has brought us through our sickness and our dangers and our dark times and our good times, let the grace of God has given you to build your relationship that grace may abound in every situation of your life. Grace helps us build that relationship with God and with others. It's just like the fellowship we were talking about this morning. You can see when there's fellowship and you can see when there's not. That when we have fellowship one with another, that is edifying and glorifying to God and it it speaks of our relationship with God in our lives. So let that situation, let that grace abound. And as he's prepared to walk into battle, going out into that valley with Goliath out there running his mouth, I can't help but think that he reached down into his pocket and felt those five stones. And he's going, God, you got this. Through your grace, you've got this. And we can do this. And again, remember how powerful God's grace is. And then he took off after the giant says, we got this. This is God's grace. And here's another thing. Smooth stones fly true and straight. They hit the target, especially when God is directing them. God's grace is true. It does not change course, and it never misses the mark. That we can, we can count on God's grace as it applies to our life. If it hit us, then God meant for it to hit us in a certain way. <laughs> and God's grace can go out and protect us, defend us, and move with us as we go. But God's grace is always true and on the mark. When we go out and when we use it for him. And as you look back and see what the Lord has done. You're able to look forward to the next time and hold fast in anticipation. That we know that the faith in the Lord is going to carry us through. Our relationship is stronger. Our ability to trust in him is stronger. When we have that that grace. When we reflect on that. It strengthens our relationship with God and his faith in his amazing grace. And in the verse passage we just read in Samuel 17, David volunteered to fight Goliath because he had already fought the lion and he had already fought the bear. He, did, he didn't look back in anger and talk to God. God, why did you let that lion come in into my flock? Why did you let that bear come into my flock? I just don't understand this. I don't understand what's going on around here. Why did you allow this to happen to me in my life? But David looked at it as, God, I thank you for that happening because it showed me your grace. It showed me your power. It showed me your love for me because you carried me through that situation. I didn't know what was going on. I knew what I had to do and you gave me the strength and the grace. And now our relationship is so much stronger now that I've seen this. Now that I've been through it, I can look back and say, God, you are good. Not questioning why, but just saying, God, you are good. He uses those as the reason why he needed to be the guy up there fighting Goliath. And when we see that grace in our lives, we should not back off and, and be that person in the back, but we should be up front saying, this is why I want to be up front. This is the why I want to be the guy out there fighting for this because I know that God has worked with me and for me and through me to where I have seen his grace. Your perspective of your life and its past battles will shape how you confront the enemy in the future battles. How you see in the past will impact the way you look out into the future. Keep your relationship with God strong and remember it's more than stones. 
that we have. It's more than things that we have. It is the grace of God working through us and using those things we have in our life to be able to win. This was a great high point in David's life. People sang songs about him. We still sing songs about David. Little boy David and all that stuff. But David had low points in his life where he feared for his life. And here's an interesting story. Is that part of the story is that Saul was attempting to kill. He was wanting to kill David. And so David escaped from Saul's attempt by going to the cave of Adullam, which was in the Valley of Elam, that Valley of God we talked about earlier. David returned to the place of shelter and shade from this world's threats. And if you remember, that is where David went to to gather the five stones that he, he was getting ready to go into battle with um, against Goliath. But while in the valley of God, I can see David walking down to the brook, bending over and maybe gathering some stones and remembering, this is where... God brought me before I battled Goliath. These five stones represented the grace that God had favor in my life. And there was victory through this. This all ended up in a victory for the Israels and God showing his great and wonderful power and and mercy and everything going on. That that's where it ended up. And now I am being sought after. Saul is trying to kill me, but he's going like, why should I fear? It's the same God. It's the same grace. It's the same thing that God probably brought him there to remind him that God's grace is sufficient regardless of what the situation is. Like we said earlier, God doesn't measure problems and situations by weightiness and how important or how how big or how small they are. He says, my grace is sufficient to be able to carry you through. And Israel in the past... That they gain strength by knowing that God's grace is sufficient in what he has provided for them. And in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, More gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, David still had some things he had to work through that he... he brought him some problems. But you know what? He remembered that grace that was there with him all the time because his relationship kept him to where he knew where to go when things went wrong. He knew where to go to find somebody who really cared for him, that loved him beyond measure, that loved him beyond degree, that didn't hold things against him. But his relationship brought him back to God every time. And that's what, what the bringing this heart of God is that he always kept God in the center and the focus of everything. And could we stand? And in closing here, I'd just like to read a verse of a song. And uh, it's an old one. You may know it. You may not. But it's through it all. And the chorus is through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. And the last verse says, I thank God for the mountains, and I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. God wants that relationship with us to be strong so that we would know what God can do for us and through us. And so God is wanting us. It's more than stones in your life. It's more than than your skills. It's that relationship. And let's get that relationship right before we leave this building to where God is glorified, God is honored, and we start falling closer to where we have a problem then God can draw us together and say, we've got this. We've got this. Could we find a place to pray, if you would, this this afternoon? Thank you, Lord.